Merry Christmas, Redeemed family. I hope you had a wonderful time relaxing and spending time with friends and family. I hope that you got everything that you wanted. I hope that you also spent some time reflecting on the season and remembering the Savior being born for you and for me. And I just hope it was an awesome time. Hey, I just wanted to spend some time and record the Christmas Eve message that we did. If you were not able to join us, we missed you, but I want to make sure that you got a Christmas message here from Redeem. And I just absolutely love this season, but I also love snow. I don't know if you're with me. Maybe you're on the side of I hate snow. Maybe you're on the side that I absolutely love snow. But growing up in the Midwest, I am used to a ton of snow and I love it. And moving out to the West Coast, there's two things that I miss. I miss a good Midwestern thunderstorm and I miss a good Midwestern snowstorm because I like a lot of snow. And so when there is a prediction for snow in the Pacific Northwest, I am like a teenager waiting for the PSP to drop at Walmart. I'm refreshing my browser uh, all day long. I'm also working, don't worry, I am working. But I am checking the predictions for snow here in the Pacific Northwest. And I like a lot of snow. In particular, I love a white Christmas. I love snow around Christmas time. And Christmas Day is the ultimate. And I like like 12 to 18 inches. That's like my, that's my dream. That's how much I love. But I used to think that I like that much snow. And then I moved to the Pacific Northwest and I realized we have no infrastructure for snow. And we have this thing called hills. And we do not have hills in the Pacific Northwest. So you don't have anyone to remove the snow. And then also you have hills that you can't get up in your car with the snow. And so I used to love a ton of snow, but with Pacific Northwest, I like just a little bit of snow and then it can melt. Let my kids enjoy it, let me enjoy it, and then it is good. But do you remember, and I think it was like 2012, do you remember the ice storm and the winter storm that we had? First the ice and then the snow, plus the big trees. This is something I learned. Plus the big trees that don't lose leaves in the winter, like in the, Pacific, like in the Midwest, all of our leaves just fell. Out here with our pine trees, that does not happen. And so if you remember, the power went out, it snapped all the trees, and it was like Armageddon here in Lakewood at least. And, and Meg and I, I think it was like three to five days we were without power, it seemed like two months. But it was just a few days and it was cold and there was no power. And one of the things that's amazing is that when there is no power, things get really dark. You think it's just dark in general when night happens, but then when every light in your house and every light in your neighbor's house and every street light in your area is out, that is when you get legit darkness. And we don't experience legit darkness very much here, but when it, the power went out, it was legit. legit. And, and, and if you remember, everyone was going out and getting, trying to get flashlights and candles and anything, lighters, and it was like, it was like trying to find a fan when it was 109 out here. Like it was not gonna happen. And so it was just mass chaos. But I remember being there and I remember thinking, you don't really, don't, you can take for granted light until you don't have light, right? You can take granted for this thing, like just turning on a light switch and all of a sudden your room being illuminated or driving a car at night and turning on your, light, your lights and being able to see what's out in front of you. 
but you take it for granted until you don't have it. So when we went a few days without power, that is legit missing the light. And so I remember every night as it would get dark and it would get pitch black into our house, I remember lighting the first candle and being amazed at the power of just one candle. It would light up the whole room. It could be your living room or your bedroom or it could be a big room and just lighting one candle would light up the whole room. And so, you know, this week I was thinking about light. I was thinking about this fascinating theme that's throughout the biblical text and the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's this idea of the power of light and God's relationship with it. You know, God reveals so much to us through this idea of light. And there's so many interactions with light throughout the Bible. At the heart of the biblical narrative is this dualism between light and darkness. Where light shows up, it's oftentimes the personal presence of God. And when it says darkness or it talks about darkness, it's talking about all the things that oppose God. And so there's this dualism between light and darkness that is set up that we have to understand. And we live in this world that it's described in the biblical text. Darkness is pushing. And can I get an amen in the last two, three years? It feels like it's pushing at an alarming rate and that it is accelerating. But when we look at the Bible and the whole point of it is when darkness is at its height, light comes in in a radical way. You're just looking at the Hebrew text. We see just a couple big stories where light comes and invades. Genesis 1 says that God began to create the heavens and the earth and he created light and from the very beginning he separates light and darkness. And light has to be the first thing that's created because all of life is sustained by light. We have to have light to sustain this world, this earth. And so we see from the very beginning that God is is going to create light and he's going to separate light and darkness. And then what happens? God reflects light, right? In the Noah story, God reflects light and creates a rainbow so that he promises to Noah that he will never flood the world again. And that's the promise, but he reflects light to show us that. And then God shows up to Moses. And how does he show up to Moses? He shows up to Moses in a burning bush, fire and light. And then he speaks to Moses through light in the burning bush. And in Exodus, he descends from Mount Sinai. And what does it say? He descends to meet the people. And what happens is thunder and lightning takes place and light happens. And we see he makes the sun stop in Joshua 10. For Joshua, he stops the sun. He stops light. And he uh, in Numbers, and Psalms, and Daniel, and other places, it says, May the Lord's face shine upon me, or you, or us. Multiple times, it's this idea of God's face shining on us. Light shining on us, His people. Where light shows up, often it is the presence of God. And we see this clearly in the story of the birth of Jesus. Jesus is born into difficult times. Darkness is on the move. We see that Israel is under Roman rule. Herod, he finds out about the Messiah and he's going to try to kill and find Jesus. Mary and Joseph have to go around 100 miles 
on a donkey to get to Bethlehem because there's a census, hard stuff. And then when they get there, there's no room on the, in the inn and they have to in a stable and then lay him in a manger. This is the, the story of Jesus' birth. And this seems like a dark time, but life is tough. And even in the birth story, that we live in a dark and fallen world. But you're going to have to remember that light will always show up. And throughout all the story of Jesus and all the story of the birth of Jesus, light shows up. Spectacular light shows up when the angel comes and talks to Mary and the shepherds. Then the star is hung above the stable that leads to the way of the shepherds and the wise men to find the Savior, the Jesus that they had been told would come, the Messiah. And then we find this in John 1, John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. What is he saying? He's saying that Jesus was there in the beginning. We just talked about that. The first movement of God in the creation story is separating light and darkness. And then we see there was the word. There was Jesus. There was this Greek word logos, the revelation of God to the world who ultimately is Jesus. Jesus was there since the foundation of the world, since the beginning of light, since the separation of light. Jesus was there and he, everything was made through him. He is the source of all life and he is then this. He is the light to all mankind. Again, this light is what sustains all mankind. It, it allows life to exist. And with this light, it's a spiritual awakening. And here it is, right here. The light of the world comes down as a baby. And that's what we celebrate in Christmas. A baby comes down through a virgin in a manger in the town of Bethlehem. Light comes and meets us here on earth. The whole story is light and darkness and light ultimately comes and comes down the earth in the way of Jesus, the Savior, the baby. Is Isaiah 9, it told us this years before. It says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then we go to verse 6. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus comes, and it's Emmanuel. God is now with us. The light of the world is now here on earth. And so, what does that mean for us? Well, let's read a little bit farther in John. John 1.5, it says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light has come. It shines in the darkness. And here's the best part of the whole story. And the best part of the story of Jesus is that darkness cannot overcome it. 
like a candle in a dark room. When the power is out, you light the candle and darkness cannot overcome it. And that's what it's saying right here. Darkness represents everything that opposes God. And yet we stand with the light of the world and it cannot stand against it. No matter how hard your 2021 was, no matter what you're walking through right now, and I know that as a church family, we are walking through a lot. It might be sickness. It might be grief. It might be a broken marriage or a broken relationship. It might be a challenge with one of your kids. It might be confusion about the future. It might be depression or anxiety or worry. Whatever it is, here's the good news. Darkness cannot overcome the light of the world. And that's what we're celebrating this weekend. So where do we now sit in this story? Well, we look at Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We now are a light. We now are like a city on a hill and we let it shine. We don't hide it behind a basket. Because what happens is we let it shine and then we, we glorify our Father in heaven, just like Jesus. We carry the light and we carry the light with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, with your neighbors. We are called this season to be a light in a dark, dark world. And many of us might feel like in a dark, dark world, we want to hide it under a bowl or a basket and just kind of just let the world do its thing. But here's the thing. We hold a light that cannot be overcome by darkness. And the world needs us to be like a city on a hill. That's you and that's me. And then that's us coming together to be the light. And God has blessed us with a building. And in 2022, we are going to get in it. We are working hard and figuring out some logistics to get us there. But God has placed us in a new building. He's placed us at the heart of Gravity Lake Drive in Bridgeport in Lakewood, Washington. And now we are an outpost of a lighthouse in a town and we shine bright to, to glorify our Heavenly Father. Together as a family, this Christmas season, we celebrate the light of the world, the light that cannot be overcome by darkness, and now we are the lights that shine for our community. And so that's my prayer for you. My prayer for you in 2022 is that we would understand this idea that God is a God of light and that darkness is everything that opposes them. And we are not to go and hide under a basket, but we are able to say the light of the world, Jesus Christ, overcame darkness and nothing can ever stand against it. And we now live with that power. And so I'm going to pray for us as we head into this new year. I'm going to pray for you for 2022. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have sent your son who came as a baby to a virgin in the town of Bethlehem. When things didn't make sense, you brought the light of the world. Since the beginning, you have created light and you show up and you are light 
in a dark world. And Lord, we are living in that dark world, but we trust that you allow us to overcome this world. Heavenly Father, we pray right now that as we head into 22, that we would not come with fear or trembling, but rather we would come ready to take on whatever calling you have. Lord, I pray for new callings within this church. I pray that you would be speaking to us in a real way. I pray that in our innermost being that we would reflect, that we would just spend time reflecting on you as our Father Abba, the provider of all good things, and that you would help us in this 2022 to not let darkness push our way. We would not hide our light under a basket. We would not put it under a bowl, but rather we would let it shine. And Lord, that when we let it shine, that we trust you to bring our friends and our family and our coworkers and our neighbors who are far away from you. We call, we, we ask you to just draw them to you. And that's our heart, Lord, that you would begin to push darkness back in this community and that it would start with us and that we would carry our lights and shine and glorify you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we love you. We invite you January 1st to Saturday night, OVBC. We will be doing a prayer and worship night to start this new year. We'd love to see you all there. Hope you all have a great week.